wondered how a longitudinal household panel study works. I mean, how it actually works. From selecting the people to survey, to turning their responses, wave after wave, into anonymised data for researchers to use. I'm Catherine MacDonald, and in this podcast, I'm talking to the team behind Understanding Society, the UK Household Longitudinal Study based at the Institute for Social and Economic Research, or ISA, at the University of Essex. We begin with Professor Peter Lynn, Director of ISA, who explains how people get selected to be respondents for the survey. So what we do is to select a random sample of addresses from throughout the UK from the postcode address file, which is a list of all the addresses to which the Royal Mail ensures that our sample covers the whole of the country and gives us a sample that is fully representative. So once you've selected the addresses, what happens then? We then have to contact every address and find out who is resident there. And all of those residents of all ages become sample members. And that is then the sample of people who we follow up over time. And so does every house in the UK have an equal chance of being selected? We ensure that every household in in the country has a known chance of being selected. The chances don't have to be equal um, because we can sometimes deliberately sample some subgroups of the population at a higher rate than other groups because we want to over-represent in the sample deliberately. And we can account for that in the weighting that we apply later. And it's a stratified sample. Can you explain what that is? Stratification is a technique that we use to ensure that our sample matches the population characteristics as closely as possible. The population characteristics as closely as possible. So when I say we select a random sample of addresses, what we actually do is we take all the addresses on the list and we sort them into some meaningful order based on things like the deprivation level of the local area. And then we select systematically down that list so we ensure that the sample addresses a spread over the high deprivation and low deprivation areas and so on. So that really guarantees that our sample very closely represents the population. And you also use clustering. Can you explain that? What we do is rather than select our sample of addresses evenly spread out throughout the whole country, we select a number of geographical areas and then a cluster of 18 addresses in each area. That gives an efficient workload for one interviewer to be able to travel to the area and try to interview all the households in that area. So the cost per interview of carrying out the survey is great. So the cost per interview of carrying out the survey is greatly reduced and the whole exercise becomes much more cost efficient. But is the sample still fully representative of the UK population then? The sample is still fully representative. What it does is it slightly reduces the statistical precision of estimates based on the sample. Um, But this is offset by the fact that you can then afford a larger sample size for the same budget, which increases the precision. So overall, for the same budget, you end up with more precise estimates than you would with an unclustered sample if you're using face-to-face interviewing. And how many households make up Understanding Society? At the first wave of Understanding Society, we had around 40,000 households in the sample. Now, of course, the households that we still have now, 12 years or so later, are not really a subset of the ones we started off with, because household is a dynamic concept. People split and join and start new. The new household, that new household becomes part of our sample as well. In the last wave, I think we had around 30,000 households who took part in the study. 
And the sample is comprised of various subsamples, isn't it? Yes, there are a number of components to the sample. The backbone of it is a general population sample. So it's completely representative of the entire population of the UK. Um, but then we have certain subgroups in the population who we have oversampled in order to ensure we have adequate representation of those particular groups. So, for example, we have an additional sample in Northern Ireland to ensure the sample is big enough to allow separate analysis of people in Northern Ireland. And we have two large boost samples of ethnic minorities and immigrants, one that was selected at the very beginning of the study and one that was selected and added in five years later. So all of those components go together to constitute the overall understanding society sample. So when the COVID-19 pandemic began, you used sample to conduct a monthly COVID-19 survey. How did you select people for that? For our COVID surveys, we selected all the people who had responded to the most recent main wave of the survey um, and who had also provided us with an email address. Why do you think longitudinal studies like Understanding Society are so important? Oh, longitudinal social studies are extremely important because they're really the only type of study that would allow researchers to identify the dynamics in people's lives, how things change over time, so that you can observe the processes by which various dimensions of people's lives are affected and how those dimensions affect each other. So changes in employment or in income might have impacts on health, say. And that's why these multidimensional longitudinal studies are, are really important.